With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There is only one thing that you can control in your life. That's your thoughts. You can choose to be happy or you can choose to be miserable. It's just that simple. Join me for the next hour on Law of Attraction Talk Radio where I hope to inspire you to make the conscious decision to be happy. For that is the exact place where you need to be to create your own magnificent reality. Let us begin now. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm so glad you could be with us tonight because as usual we've got a really great show and tonight it's all about those special special children that are being born into the world right now the indigos the crystal children and the rainbow children and there is a major reason why this is happening right now and as we are going to discover it's not just those kids there's a lot of adults that have this uh, special feature the the colors associated with them as well and that's what's going to be changing the world and this is just so such incredible information last weekend Sandy Swartz spoke at the Law of Attraction Spiritual Center and she connected the dots and put everything together on this subject. It was so fascinating that I sat there in awe and I thought, oh my gosh, the world needs to know about this. So I invited Sandy on tonight to talk about this very, very important subject. So I'm delighted and and in case you don't know Sandy, which I'm sure you do, she has a very popular show on Law of Attraction Radio Network called Leading Edge Parenting. And she truly is the expert when it comes to the Law of Attraction and understanding children. And one thing's for sure, children have come here to be our teachers. So she she is just phenomenal, and I'm so glad that she was available for us to interview. So without further ado, I need to get on to the commercials and then we'll be right back with this very, very special show and Sandy Swartz. You are listening to your daily dose of well-being and inspiration on Law of Attraction Radio Network at LOARadioNetwork.com. Hear this incredible show on your smartphone through Stitcher.com, which goes through your car stereos with Ford Sync or any auto dashboard that has the Internet. Listen to our 24-7 broadcast with our mobile app as well, or just listen through an MP3 player or computer. Remember, LOARadioNetwork.com, heard in over 120 countries, is the radio station for your well-being. 
Have you been receiving your free issue of Alms Times Magazine in your email box? Every two weeks you'll receive this top quality magazine that has spiritual, metaphysical, and scientific information that will rock your world. Go to almstimes.com, O-M-T-I-M-E-S.com to sign up for your free subscription today. Okay, we are back. Okay, the cruise is filling up. We've still got until April 30th. Well, actually the middle of March, but the prices have gone up. We are getting people from Australia, from Canada, from all over coming and wanting to see Tom Lesher and the Joyful Healer and all of the other participants. So come on sign up you're gonna love this experience i am so excited about it just go to loaradionetwork.com and click on the cruise page and let's get going um now sandy schwartz has a master's in education she is an award-winning um educator speaker author you name it sandy's it but what most people don't realize is that she is a law of attraction expert. Um, I met her uh, about five years ago. And uh, when I started the network, I said, please, Sandy, please come on board. And she did. And she's been with me ever since. And her show has grown and grown and grown. She is extremely popular. So I am delighted to bring on my friend Sandy Swartz onto Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Welcome, Sandy, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm so excited that you're with me today. This is fun. I think this is the first visual radio show I've done, so it feels just like Oscar night, <laughs> <laughs> which we just experienced. <laughs> how true, how true. So, Sandy, I was telling everybody how you came to the Law of Attraction Spiritual Center and you gave the talk, and it was so fabulous that the rest of the world needs to fully understand about these magnificent children. But it even goes beyond that, doesn't it? Yeah, and my passion and work for 40 years has been understanding our magnificent children. In the, in the last 10 or 20 years, there's new information coming in that is just so exciting about who these children are, are and it's answering some of the many questions that parents have, which is, who is this kid? Why does he act like this? And, you know, what does he want from me? And why doesn't he listen to me? And, and so there are, there are many things that I think will, will help parents expand their understanding and their wisdom so that they'll they'll be able to be in their children's lives with more peace, serenity, and joy. Good, good. Yeah. See, that's what we need to know because what you were talking about is that these kids come in with or are labeled ADHD or autistic, and really there's something more going on. So why don't we get going and talk about the uh, children that most of us know about, the indigo children who are they okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna just say this julie as a preface that um for a very long time the paradigm in parenting and in teaching has been an understanding that the children come in and our work our job 
as the adults in their world is to mold them and get them ready for real life, for, for the future. We spend a lot of time worrying if they don't clean their room or do their homework today, right now in this moment, what will become of them in the future. So we're preparing them for these systems, but in our lifetime, these systems are breaking down. Many of the systems that we've put into place for a very long time are falling apart right now. Political systems, our school systems, our family systems. We don't want to prepare these children for systems that are breaking down and archaic. We want to understand they're coming in to create new systems. And, and that's, that's pretty scary for, uh, for the uh, adults because we only know our systems. And even though we know they're falling apart, we don't know any other system. But these children are coming in to help break down the very systems that aren't working anymore and help us create new ones. And the indigos are the ones who are, are leading the charge, so to speak. And we need these kids. It's just a, it's not very easy being their teachers or their parents. Yes, because they are kind of um, uh, rebelling against the establishment, right? Yeah, and even though as adults we know there's a lot about the establishment that we'd like to see change, it's still scary when change comes. And we also don't want our kids to be the ones putting themselves out on the line, heralding in the, the change. We would rather see somebody else do it and keep our kids just happy and pleasing and making people around them um, uh, saying, what a good boy, what a good girl, you're doing a good parenting job. But if you've got an indigo child, you, your child can't help but be part of um, changing the systems. So do you want to talk a little bit about about who these indigo children are? Yes, and, yeah. and especially they're not so much, they could be adults, real adults, because I think you mentioned that you feel that you are an indigo person as well. Yeah, well... From what I understand, there have been people incarnating in the past hundred years, kind of um, the pioneers who were, go who were starting to lead the way into this era that we're in now, this time, this shifting time of incredible energy. And, and I believe that I was one of the indigo forerunners. I didn't know it then. Uh, it's just that now, in what I understand, I... I, I get this sense in me that definitely I was one of them. And let me just say that I came and there were no labels back then for who I was. I was a good little girl. That was the label that I got. I was trained by my mom and my grandma who I lived with to be good and to be pleasing and to do what the grown-ups said to do and to stay safe. And so there was a piece of my Gemini personality that was good and sweet, but I actually came born with a very sweet energy. And I'm saying this not because I'm wonderful. It's just I know that's who I am. I have, I have, I still have a sweet, loving, um, empathetic, um, kind energy. But there's another part of me that's a warrior and fiery. And uh, as a little girl, I kind of kept that warrior <laughs> under wraps because my mom and my grandma couldn't handle a warrior. They needed a good little girl. But as I grew up and then became a young adult, I could not bear inauthenticity. I could not bear hypocrisy. 
as a young teacher, I would sit at teacher meetings and when they would say something that I knew wasn't true about children or how we were to do it, I was the one with my hand up. I was the one very respectfully but diligently saying, no, no, I, don't, I, I can't do it that way. I can't. I can't. So my whole um, professional life and, and now my personal life as well is a loving warrior. That's pretty much what I am, especially when it comes to children. I, I, I just get wild when I hear people saying something about children that I know is not true or about a system for children that I know is not true. So I really believe I was one of the four runners. And then lo and behold, I gave birth to an indigo child. And again, Julie, I didn't know when my daughter was born about indigo children. I didn't know about anything except what I had learned in college about children. And I, I got my degrees at very prestigious universities. I went to Columbia University and I learned all the traditional wisdom about child development. And most of it is still wonderful today. In fact, in my work, I say that I combine the best of traditional wisdom. But Melissa didn't fall into that. My our firstborn child, whatever I use from traditional wisdom worked because he came into this life a different child. Melissa, from the day she arrived in our home, when I brought her home from the hospital, it was as if she said, oh, my God, this world needs changing. <laughs> and, Mom, I'm telling you, I came through you because you're going to help me change this world. And I was like, please, don't do that. Just be a good little girl. I don't think I can handle this. And I want to tell parents that if a, if a star child comes through you, they picked you for a reason. And in some ways, you've chosen them as well. And even though star children, and the indigos are the first brand of star children, even though they can be challenging because it's different energy and it, it, you know, um, they present themselves in ways that don't fall into the old patterns. So it's not easy being the parent of one of these indigos or star children, but it is an incredible journey once you let go and take the ride with them. And I would say that for the first four years of Melissa's life, I didn't take the ride. I just, I, I pushed against who she was. I wanted her to be a sweet little girl, pleasing people, doing what she was supposed to, just like her brother did, making me and her father happy. So I had this great big puffed up ego that everybody would say, whoa, your children are delicious and delightful. What a great job you're doing. With Melissa, it was always, oh my God, I don't know how to be for her. Why is she carrying on like this? You know, And it, it was somewhere around four years old when I actually came into my own spiritual work because she pushed me into it. I realized that everything I knew about children was not helping me be the mother that Melissa needed me to be. And I was willing to grow myself so that I could learn how to be the mother she needed me to be. And it began a spiritual journey for me. And I started to ask God, um, my angels, my, and I didn't know, I didn't know, you know, exactly what an angel looked like or worked with you like or what was a, a guide or a fairy or anything other than traditional religion that I had been brought up with. But I was willing to go there. And, you know, Julie, the amazing thing was every time I asked for help, I always got the same message. And the message was, relax, Sandy. Just love her exactly 
the way she is and don't try to change her. That was the continual message that I got. And, and so what it did for me was, well, how do I relax with a child like this? And how do I accept her exactly the way she is? What's my work? And so in my professional world, I was a teacher. And I brought everything I knew about traditional wisdom to my classroom. And I was a wonderful, loving teacher. And at home, I was forced to do more. I had to take everything I knew about traditional child development wisdom. But now I had to go to spirit. I had to go, I had to go places I had never opened myself up before. And it's been the most incredible ride. Melissa is now 31 years old. She actually works with me on my, my parenting work because she wants the word out there. She feels like she represents all these little children. She's saying, Mom, you go out there and tell those parents and those teachers who these children really are and stop labeling them and trying to make them. T-. What I said at the, at the uh, LOA uh, Spiritual Center was we used to say you can't keep demanding that a round peg fit into a square hole. What I want to say now is you can't keep expecting fourth and fifth dimensional energetic beings to fit into third dimensional paradigms. And that's really where I want to go today is into the energy piece of this, Julie, because the star children are coming through with, with different energetic uh, DNA, let's say. And they come to this planet Earth, which is shifting and getting ready to move into a higher energy. We're, we're in it right now. Many of us who are listening to your show understand what I'm talking about. And the little ones have been coming in, preparing us for this, getting us ready for this. And they cannot, you cannot take someone who is vibrating at a higher uh, energy vibration and demand that they fit into a school system or into a family system or into an economic system that's vibration that's vibrating at lower energy and that's what's truly going on and so would you say um, that those indigo children right now that are of the uh, early adult phase may be the people responsible for the Occupy movement yeah I said that at the center on Sunday you know um, one of the uh, indications of indigo children is that they're, they're, they're warriors. They come in with uh, this warrior uh, energy. And they're the little ones who, they stand up. They say, no, mommy, no, daddy. And, and uh, a parent could take that as this ornery, rebellious, uh, non-compliant child. And yes, that's what, they, that's what they look like. But what's going on is, is they're reading the parent's energy. Uh, they're understanding when they're being told something that makes no sense or is so hypocritical or the parent is coming at them saying one thing but but pulsating it someplace else. And the child senses this and knows this and it goes through their body and they can't bear it. Well, many of them are now young adults and they're watching the political insanity and they're watching the economic insanity and they've come through the school insanity and there are these young adults who are saying, no more. We've got to do something. And they probably don't know what it is they have to do. And I think the Occupy movement started, you know, just with a handful of these warriors. And because of, isn't it amazing how technology has come along at the exact right time? Hmm. How, who figured that one out? What, 
what fairy or guide or angel um, or messenger up there figured out this is the time for technology to unite the world because the world has got to come together and start making some changes. And yes, yeah, so through technology, um, those initial warriors were able to round up, put out a call, so to speak, to the indigos around the world. It's time. Yes. So, so it's time for a change, but change is usually scary. And, and, and yet I knew when I was watching you know, those protesters, I knew that many of them, not all of them, some of them came for other reasons, but I, I knew that many of them were the indigos, who, the warriors who came here for this, to push us into the change that so many of us sense has got to come. But, but if you're not one of those warrior types, you don't feel comfortable going out there and leading the charge. I believe there's more coming, Julie. Oh, good, good. Okay, well, there needs to be right now because we are in a, a major shift. Okay, so let, let's start with, it, you know, with the indigos. The, the indigo children have been coming in at greater, at greater speed than when I was born. Mm -hmm. um, in, in, the, in the 70s and the 80s is when there was a, a, a great influx of these indigos. And they had these warrior personalities, you know, where they would stand up and fight for what they believed in. And they would know when they were being lied to and, and manipulated. And they wouldn't comply with limiting dysfunctional systems. They had no tolerance for dishonesty. And, um, and, and as we said before, these are not easy children. And so what the adults did was they had to label them that there was something wrong with them because they weren't doing what their brothers and sisters or the other little kids were doing, which was just giving into the system. Or in some cases, there were children like my son who flowed with the system. It wasn't like they just collapsed into it. It, it, he, it worked perfectly for him. So he was one of those students you would see in school who, who knew how to be joyful and delightful and was not selling his soul. Um, he was fine with the systems with the way they were. But if you were bringing in one of these indigo children, you were getting calls from school, you know, because the teachers didn't, didn't know what, what to do with them. And, um, and these kids didn't care what other people thought of them, you know. Now, it didn't mean that every child who was a cut up in school or every child who couldn't focus was definitely an ADHD child because we, when, when I teach temperaments, one of the indicators just of human temperament is your ability to focus. And some people just naturally have a greater ability to stay focused and some people um, just have a, a sensitivity where they get distracted. And this has been true for children you know, through, the, through generations. But some of the indigo kids were misdiagnosed as ADHD, not so much because they couldn't pay attention, but because they wouldn't pay attention. In other words, uh, if something was not interesting, if the teacher was blah, 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 and, and I was a teacher, so I say this with great respect, I've seen some pretty awful teaching. There, when I was a director and I would sit in and I would um, write, you know, if a teacher for, for a lesson, sometimes I would pretend I had something to do and get up and leave the room because I just wanted to pull my hair out because it was just so inappropriate or so boring, so not stimulating. I didn't know how the kids sat there and, and paid attention. I couldn't do it. I couldn't bear it. And I was an adult and I had the authority and 
I would say, I'll come back later or whatever because I couldn't bear it. So as many fabulous teachers who keep kids' attention, there are teachers who just aren't talented and can't do it or subjects are inappropriate or the belief that every kid should be learning something at the same time and be able to stay focused on the same thing at the same time. It's a paradigm that just doesn't work. So if you're born as an indigo child, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't focus. It might mean you just won't focus. You just can't bear it. It's just so painful. But what happens is the teachers are overwhelmed, and I understand that. It's not easy functioning in the archaic system that, that we have as a teacher. And some of the best teachers just succumb to the system. And what happens is these kids stop paying attention. These kids get antsy. They look around the room. They're, they're dreaming about something else. And we've got to figure out why they aren't paying attention. So we do the easiest thing and we say, there's something wrong with the kid. Right. It, it can't be us. Yes. Right. It can't be the teacher. It can't be the system. It can't be the insanity <laughs> of the beliefs that are around how we educate children. It's got to be that something's wrong with the child. And so when no one knows what else to do, we take them to the medical authorities who really don't understand most of this. And again, I'm not blaming them. It's just where we are. And the easiest thing to do is to say, let's medicate them. And I want to say with, with all respect, I know some adults who have ADHD. And they have said to me, Sandy, the medicine really helps me. It does help me focus. And I just had this wonderful conversation with a 32-year-old creative genius. He's in Hollywood. He makes films. And he told me that he, he's been ADHD probably all his life and recently took himself to a, a place to make sure and then to ask for help and that they did give him medicine and that it is helping him focus. So I said to him, what has that done to your creativity? When I asked him, what does the medicine do to your creativity? He said to me, it changes it. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Because he's an adult now. He understands. He said, it's just not in the same place, but I can focus. And so he's willing. He's willing, actually, to trade a bit of his creativity for his focus so he can function in this world. So when you ask me, what does it do to children? I don't think they've been enough, there's been enough research. But I am telling you that energetically what the guides are telling us is it is taking them out of their fourth and fifth dimension and energy fields and bringing them back to our third dimension energy field, which is why they can function better in our field. But what it is doing is it's slowing down their vibrational energy. And what we need to do as a society, and I know this is challenging because I don't have all the answers, is we've got to find another way. Uh -huh. My belief is these kids are going to force us to look at our educational system Good. And our home par paradigms so that we can shift so they can stay in their fourth and fifth dimension energy and they can bring the best forward to us and that they can help us change without us being so fearful and stop holding on to the old paradigms and being willing to get creative and say, what would a school room look like for these kind of kids? What would an educational system look like that could serve these children without labeling them that something's wrong with them? On, on the contrary, they're coming to lead the way for us. So how can we create an environment that works for them? 
No labeling of anybody. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, so we know now about the indigo being the ones who are not conforming to the way that we want them to conform. So there's another set of star children who are coming in or who have come in and they are called crystal children. Yeah, and you know, just like with any kind of labeling, <laughs> we label to help us understand, but I always like to preface it by saying, let's not just look at a kid and say, oh, he's an indigo, he's a crystal. Let's just say they have, tenden they have tendencies, because I just hate labeling in a, in a broad spectrum. So when I talk about indigo children, or now I'm going to talk about um, the next group, which have been called crystal children, I want to say that they get their name from their aura. So, the, you know, the indigo children, I, I believe, and you can look this up, anyone listening could Google this stuff, and there's wonderful books that have been written about this, and that when they were originally labeled as indigo children, it was because they were coming through with an aura of the color of indigo. And I want to say, you see the color I'm wearing, this bluish, purplish color? I wear it as often as I can because it's what brightens me in a physical way, and I believe it's my aura. And it's a combination of my blue, your purple. I just know I kind of function in that color palette. And the indigo children, many of them have come in with an aura of this bluish, purplish indigo color. I want to tell you, I just want to di divert for a minute. When I was a, a teacher of, in the four-year-old class, I had four-year-old children for many delightful, delightful years. They were, for many of them, they were still in their delicious, pure energy I had a little girl named Jordana. I mean, this is like 30 years ago. Jordana is probably in her late 30s at this point. And I re and Jordana was just this beautiful energy. And she loved to color. And one day she was coloring a rainbow. And she, she said to me, Teacher Sandy, I cannot find the indigo in the crayon box. And in schools, we didn't have 64 colors. You know, we... we we were lucky that we had 10 different colors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said to her, Jordana, I don't think we have an indigo color. I don't even think back then I even knew what indigo color Me either. was. <laughs> it is part of the rainbow. It is part of the spectrum of the rainbow. And Jordana looked at me perplexed and said, well, then how can I color a rainbow? I must have indigo. Wow. And I remember saying to her, can you create indigo? because that's what a creative teacher would say. And she said, well, I'll try. And so she took out the blue and she took out the purple and she spent about an hour with different combinations. And at one point she ran over and she said to me, I have it, I have it, I can complete the rainbow, I have indigo. Oh, wow. And it's only now, many, 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 many years later that I understand that if you're gonna vibrate at indigo, then you got to vibrate at indigo, and wow. blue won't do, and purple won't do. Isn't that so, true? Yeah, isn't that great? So now comes the, the next round of children who these warriors set the stage for. Actually, the indigos are cleaning out the old stuff, doing away with, with the inauthenticity and with the archaic systems that once served us well. And along comes the next group, which are called the crystal children. And I understand that. The reason why they're called the crystal children is because 
they are actually coming in on a vibrational level where their aura is off the charts of what we can see on our three-dimensional level. Mm. So we don't have a name, really, for the color of their aura. Isn't that fabulous? I mean, I get chills just saying that. I've had guests on my show, the Leading Edge Parenting radio show on this network. I brought on a guest recently who was talking about, you know, what the new earth is going to look like and what the shifting 2012 energy is like. And she was talking about the fact that what's so wonderful about 2012 is that the earth as a, as a heavenly body in the universe, as well as the humans who inhabit the earth, are truly and have been getting ready to shift into a higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. And it's these kids. I mean, where is this coming from? These children have been coming in and setting us up and getting us ready. And so the crystal children who started coming in in the 1990s through the 2000s, so they could be, you know, 10, 15 years old now, some of them, and some of them are still very young. They're coming through in an energetic field where they're vibrating at this higher energy level where we are shifting towards and moving towards, and they are really those forerunners who are taking us there. And they are not like the indigos. In fact, they're not warrior spirits at all. When you, um, when you are with a, a crystal child, first of all, they not only vibrate as individuals, they vibrate as a group consciousness, which is, I think, really amazing. In other words, they are in touch with other crystals ah. on a vibrational level because they do a lot of their communicating energetically. And so while they're here as individuals to bring love and light and peace and a non-judgmental, non critical energy into the world, they also have the ability to connect with each other um, in a group consciousness, and they're the advocates for peace and love that is going to be brought in as we shift into higher consciousness as an Earth's plane, as a consciousness of humanity. That's their work. That's how they're coming in. They bring gifts of healing. Um, some of them are clairvoyant. The aura, um, the color I understand is called octarine, which we don't have on our color chart. Uh, and the closest we can get to describing it is that it's colorless. That's wow. what we call it, like a, almost like a diamond, kind of a diamond. Brilliance. Yeah, diamond brilliance. brilliance. Very, very, very high energy. These children, unlike their indigo forerunners, are very sensitive, although the indigos are sensitive, the crystals are sensitive in a more peaceful way. They have this warm energy, very caring. They are very they are very forgiving. They're the ones who can get yelled at by their parents, and then a few minutes later, they'll just come over and hug their parents, unlike the indigo, who will stomp around and, and, and will let you know they can't bear your energy. The crystal children... Um, are, are, are very loving, very forgiving, and here's what they're also saying about these kids is that they they are great reflectors of energy. So whatever they experience, they reflect back 
tenfold back into the universe because their work is to take the love and the peace, the non-judgment, the, non-judgment, the empathy. When they take that in, they're like these great Remember when we used to sit out in the sun before we knew how bad it was to open up a reflector? <laughs> we would like, be reflecting the rays of the sun right into our skin. Well, that's what they're doing. They're like the great reflectors. They're taking in whatever energy they are taking in, which is so why it's important that they be surrounded by peaceful, loving energy because they'll take in whatever they're being given and reflect that back out to the to the universe. So if, if you sense that you're a parent of a child like this, it's really important we get our own acts together and model the very stuff we just wish the world was giving out. We have to be the great change we wish to see in the world. And these crystal children will help us get that energy back out there into the world. So if I'm understanding it right, then they are going to be the loving force of the collective consciousness. They're shifting it. Because right now, our collective consciousness that I'm feeling is one of fear, of lack, of everything. But they're going to shift us back into that loving, nurturing, abundant consciousness. One of the characteristics of these, quote, crystal children is they have no fear. They won't give in to fear. I love it. Yeah, except it's not easy being their parent because they're the kid who who run out in, in the street or they're the kid who climb to the top of the monkey bars and want to jump off. <laughs> you know, they're the kids who you're saying, what are you doing? You're going to kill, stop that, you know? So, so again, these children are not so easy to be with and to parent. And what we want to do is we don't want to come at them with fear. What Here's something that will work for parents. If you have these children, just have very clear guidelines for when you get out of the car in the parking lot. Make it fun, make it a game, remind them before they get out. Oops, we're in a parking lot. I need you to hold my hand. I need you to help me cross the street. Whoops, we don't jump off the top of the monkey bars, but I'll watch you as you come down. In other words, you don't want to try to use fear to manipulate them. They won't buy into it. So what you want to do is you want to get playful with them. You want to have fun with them. You want to have clear boundaries and a clear set of what's okay and what's not okay. Another thing you could do with these children when you go shopping, they'll disappear on you. They have no fear that they're going to be, you don't want to say, oh, but you're going to get kidnapped by some bad, mean person, and then you'll never see mommy again. Parents are using these techniques to try to scare these kids into staying close by. And if it is working, if you don't have a, a crystal kid, do you really want to do that to your child? Do you really want to paint a world that's so frightening and then they have nightmares and then parents come to me and they say, Sandy, my child's not sleeping. I don't know why. And then I find out later on that they're using these kind of techniques to scare their kids into behaving. You don't want to do that. Uh-uh. What you want to do is you want to just have, you just want to have strong, strong boundaries and do it in a fun, playful way. So if you're walking in this in the store and your child's old enough not to hold your hand, you say, remember, I have to always see you. You have to always see me. So, Always turn around and check, do you see me? I'll always turn around and check, do I see you? We have to always see each other. And if we don't, if we can't do that, then today's not a good day to go to the store. You just don't have to fill them with fear. Just have clear rules and make them fun. Good. So they don't give in to the fear. And so, so that's a good thing, but it could be a hard thing when you're trying, when you're trying you know, to, to parent them. So 
Here's the thing, though, Julie, which I think is fascinating, is around the same time that the, that the crystal children came in, autism was on the rise. Ooh. Yeah. And, and people have been trying to figure out from a medical scientific standpoint, why? You know, why is there so much autism in this same time frame as the arrival of the crystals? And what my understanding is, is that because they come in vibrating on a much higher energy framework than we are, or than the framework that the, um, uh, what do we call those injections that we give the kids, the inoculations, yes. so they get the diseases, those were created in a third dimensional world, in a third dimensional scientific world. And so what's happening is when you take your kids for those shots, which are important to keep them inoculated, vaccines inoculated from disease, which is a whole other program. Right. Because <laughs> disease doesn't necessarily come from a germ. Right. It comes, <laughs> it comes from your emotional, spiritual, energetic system being out of whack. But so when we started giving these children these inoculations that actually have toxins in them that have been working for generations, we have a new generation of kids coming in. that are, Their whole body is vibrating on a different energy level. And so they their bodies do not handle those toxins the same way the bodies of children in the past handle them. And some of the children have been reacting in a way that is causing behavior that we are labeling as autistic. So, I mean, I can't tell you I have all the answers. I can only say, let's wake up the medical profession, let's wake up the scientific profession, and let's start looking for, a, for an understanding of what this means. Um, does it mean that inoculating toxic into these children is the way we have to continue to go, even though it worked for many generations. Some people are, are saying, and really this is something we have, it, it's brand new. It's a whole brand new field. Maybe there's a way to get these kids lined up so they can handle the injections mm -hmm. in a way that works better for them. Maybe there's a way we can change the amount of toxins we're giving them so that they can live in this life plane in the way their DNA is coming in. Uh, I don't have all the answers, you know, the same way I don't know how to tell you to pull down the education system and create a new one, although I'm willing to get on a committee somewhere and with some leading edge thinkers and, and do this. But we need some leading edge thinkers in the medical community and the energetic scientific community to take a look at this and not to see autism as a, as a, as a disease or something awful, but, but to realize that these children who we've quote labeled autistic are really here to teach us something about energy. And remember, they communicate energetically. So the one big thing about autistic kids that drives us nuts is they won't talk to us. They won't communicate the way we communicate. And many of the, uh, many of the communities that work with autistic children, it's all about trying to force these kids to communicate the old way, because that's our way. And I've interviewed people, one delicious, delightful mother who has an autistic child who's now nine years old, who said to me, it was awful, you know, when, when her child was first diagnosed, like he had a disease, that he was autistic because it felt so awful in her gut, the way the community was telling her to deal with this child, mm. was forcing him, forcing him to stop being who he was and 
become who we are. Right. And she she has to give it up after a while. And she's, it's not easy because there's not a lot of support out there. But I want to say there is support now because there are parents who've been going through this for the past 10, 12, 15 years. And there is a community of parents now who are discovering that you sit by this child and start to figure out who he is and communicate on an energetic level that you start to... Um, you start to see the twinkle in your eye. You start to see more cooperative behavior from them. You start to realize that they have come to communicate in an energetic way. But again, just like those indigo kids, it's not easy being their parents or their teachers because we still don't know enough. Hmm. And we need to be brave and stop giving them the message that something is wrong with them. That's what they're going to reflect back into the universe, that third and fourth dimensional beings, there's something wrong with them. We don't want to give the universe that message. We right. want to give the universe, welcome, the, welcome to these beings. We may not understand you and we may not know how to be there for you, but we're welcoming you and we're in awe of you and we are so willing to figure out how to be with you. That's the message we want to give. But today we're giving the kids who are labeled ADHD and autistic the message and their parents as well. There's something wrong with these kids. Yeah, We've got to shift wrong. that message. Yeah, we got to shift that. Perfect. Yeah. So let's go on because we're running out of time. Let's okay. go on to the magnificent rainbow children, of which I haven't heard all that much about. So it's fascinating. Yeah, and, and I think the reason you haven't heard that much about them is they're just being born. Um, this is the new wave of, of little ones. And again, you know, nothing is hard here. No, uh, but... Uh, they're the kids of the 21st century. They're the little ones who've been born um, as we turned into the into the 2000s. So we're in 2012 now, so some of them are about 12 years old, and some of them are still little toddlers. And um, the belief is, and again, nobody knows for sure. There's stuff. Someone says to me, how do you know this stuff, Sandy? You know, uh, it's actually being downloaded. It's being channeled. It's 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 being understood through many people who are the channelers of this, and then there are the people who are taking the work of the channelers, like me. I haven't actually channeled this. I'm taking the work of the many people who've done the channeling and and using it for for all that I know about children. And I'm hoping that there's going to be a whole new field opening up of people who will take this work and and create a body of knowledge and also moving forward is how we're going to how we're going to integrate with them how we're going to co-create with them so what we do know about this next wave which we're calling the rainbow children and again they they are being born in the highest energetic dimensional fields and they are bringing with them joy and harmony and huge hearts that are filled with forgiveness. Imagine that. Imagine a world that combines the crystal energy of love and gentleness with the rainbow children who are filled with joy and harmony and forgiveness. And what we know so far is that it's the crystal children who are giving birth to the rainbow children because these crystal children are not coming into dysfunctional families. <laughs> I love that. You know, in the past, it's been understood that many of us choose to come through dysfunctional families because that's what gives us the, the challenges 
and the contrasts to do the work that we came here for. And what they're saying now about the rainbow children is they don't need to come through any kind of dysfunction. They come in as the first wave of humanity that has no karma, that has not lived before, that has not had earth experiences before. I get, I'm saying this to you and I have so many chills because this is such new, incredible stuff. And who totally understands this? I mean, this is just cutting edge, leading edge understanding. So these little ones are coming through the crystal children who've create, who have come themselves. Um, and, and, and the grandparents are the indigo children. Uh, I love it. I'm hoping that when my crystal daughter has a child, it will be a beautiful... I mean, my indigo child will have a crystal child, and that will be my grandchild. Who knows? It's just, I hope I live to see more crystals and more rainbows coming in. But these rainbow children are coming in into non-dysfunctional families. They are psychic. They can read people's feelings. They can recover from negative emotions quickly. That all sounds great, but here comes the caveat. They have very strong wills. They're not going to be easy kids either. They have really strong personalities, very high creative energy. It's really hard for them to sit still and be a good little kid. They're going to be running around. They're the kids who are going to knock you out because they just have so much energy. But they're bringing in beautiful, healing, loving, forgiving energy. that You couldn't misinterpret them, just like with those indigos, as stubborn. Why? Because they can sense their own personal power and they won't put up with the archaic systems. They'll know, they'll know when somebody's ingenuous, inauthentic. They're going to know it. And so they're going to be the ones searching out other authentic people and other authentic systems because they're coming here to help us create this ship. So you don't know that much about them, Julie, because you don't know that much about them because they're still quite young. And what it does is it makes me love getting into those preschools, which I do. I'm called into preschools all the time to help figure out these kids that the teachers and the parents can't figure out. And I walk in there because I don't have to deal with them on a daily basis. So it's easy for me. I just walk in, just can't wait to see them, can't wait to sense that energy and send them this delicious love. And it's amazing that all the orneriness, it fascinates me. When I go into a classroom to observe a child who I'm told is difficult or ornery or, or uncooperative, the teacher always says to me, the kid had a great day and that I'm not seeing their typical behavior. And I'm convinced, I'm just so convinced, it's because I go in there with nothing but appreciation and awe for who they are. And I really believe they sense it. And that relaxes them. When these kids sense somebody is getting them, that somebody is not there to change them, to label them, to, to medicate them, to tell them there's something wrong with them, but to come to them with love, they feel it and their behavior changes. So it seems like more and more people are developing right now the ability to read energies. It's not from birth. They're developing it. So perhaps that's the reason why we need to start being tuned in energetically 
is for these rainbow and the crystal children and for the indigo children to be able to help these people and to understand more is is that a possibility i think more and more people are getting this and understanding it and maybe i'm just attracting them into my life and that's why it seems to me like there's a greater amount of people who are doing this but just yesterday i was at an exercise class and a woman came over and admired my jacket, which was like a patchwork quilt. And I said to her, I wish I could say I made it. She asked me if I made it. I said, I was just attracted to it and I bought it. And she said, well, I'm a quilter. And we had this amazing conversation. The woman was 73 years old and said to me, it was just in her 70s that she's come into her creativity. She had been taught to bury it away all her life. It was not something that was appreciated in her home or in her school. And as an older woman, not only did she come to her creativity, but she came to her connection with her inner being and with the guides. And so I think, yes, we, we all came into this as children, but we were, we were taught you know, to just bury it and just be good and listen and do what was expected. And more and more people, even older people now, are sensing who they really are and want to hook up with their guides, their angels, and they want to connect in authenticity they don't want to be living in a hypocritical world anymore. And they want to give out true energy. That's, they don't want to pretend to be something. They don't want to wear their masks. They want to be real. So, yes, we all are capable of this. And I hope that everybody who's listening um, realizes that we are on this great cusp of shifting into something wonderful. Do we know exactly what it's going to look like? No. But if we stop fearing it and we allow it to happen, something great is about to happen for all of us. Absolutely, and I know that the listeners, um, my listeners, have been um, saturated with the Thrive Movement and the shift that's occurring and all of these things that are contrast but are necessary for us to get to a beautiful future. And I think that's what leads in to the indigo child. That's the reason why they are here and that they are doing these changes and as with the crystal and the rainbow. I mean, this is divinely inspired. Thank goodness. What a great time to be alive. And I think instead of looking at politics as politics, let's start looking at it energetically. Let's just watch and see what's shifting. Same thing with the school systems. And I just hope your listeners today, whether they're parents or grandparents or educators or just someone who sees kids in the street, let's just stop judging Everybody, let's get out of that judging critical energy and just Absolutely. start sending love and see what happens. We have, we all have the ability to send love out into our universe. Absolutely. Well, that's a great place to leave it for today. Sandy, very good information that everybody needs to know about. Thank you so much. And I hope your listeners tune into Leading Edge Parenting because this is the kind of stuff we talk about and we talk about so how to be. You know, how to be the parents or the grandparents or the teachers or a friend uh, in the lives of children. Stop judging them and labeling them and start understanding they've come to lead the way. Right. Great. And so you can listen to Sandy every Wednesday. She has a brand new show up every week. She's phenomenal. Very popular show on the network. And again, Sandy, thank you so much. You are such a blessing to this world and to me. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Bye, everybody. And for all my wonderful listeners, I'll see you next week. Have a great one. Bye-bye.
As we close another show, it is my sincerest wish that you have a wonderful week ahead. Remember, through you the world changes to reflect your happiness. If you'd like to comment on today's show, please send me an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com.